Posse. This show is sponsored by Headley. Headley. This show is sponsored by Headley. What did you do? You did some chicka 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 dow thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chicka chicka. Chicka chicka. What did you say that was from Ferris Bueller? Ferris Bueller. Oh. And then also redone in Deadpool, of course. So. Oh, okay. Chicka chicka. Ka chow. No, ka chow was. Um, uh, sorry. The car. That was there. That's where it was waiting. Um, that was car. Ooh, that's a turkey sandwich taste. Oh. <laughs> from like six hours ago. Uh, oh my gosh the randomness of our lives path girl yes yes path girl would you just like to get into this magic carpet of a show come on with your blah, 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 on a magic carpet ride you don't know what you, i don't know the words does that mean yes <laughs> yes let's start a show the following show is for mature audiences only listener discretion is advised and if you don't like it Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. Uh, I liked your singing. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Reporting from my gothic cave I call an apartment, I'm Path Girl. And I am Count Boogie. (laughs) Hello, Path Girl. Uh, I am expecting some sort of reports about something, but... Yes. Okay. So just, just, I'm fine. Everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life and great library times. Woohoo. Okay. <laughs> On to Bath Girl. I've been the little kinky social butterfly. I have been very busy out in the community. I have gone to five different kink events, let alone the dates that I've gone on. So I've been a busy, busy girl. Oh, my gosh. I I had some kink, yes. Um, So I had a Halloween fundraiser party, and then we had a Halloween slosh, and then we had a regular slosh and a regular munch. And then uh, I went to a dungeon for some playtime, and I brought along the new guy that I'm dating. We're on, like, date 10, I believe. Date so. 10. Okay, so Date that's 10. I'm I'm assuming that that's moving in at least some direction. Yes, yeah, really really sweet guy where where last I left our listeners, we had just we're starting our first date. He's 20 years experience being a daddy dom. So, uh we've really hit it off. We're similar backgrounds. We grew up uh both in the New York area and uh we'll we'll see where it goes, but he's been very interested in getting into the lifestyle down here. He was very involved in the uh lifestyle up up north so right, uh, right, he's right. been coming to all my munches and sloshes and uh yeah it's been great all right cool so have you done a mind meld with him yet do you know find out like <laughs> what kind of creepy shit is in his past or whatever <laughs> you know where everyone gathers around and you like kill a squirrel or something like that and then put it on him and and then you're like who are you you know like you know because sometimes demons come up you never know yeah. you know sometimes people have sneaker demons and those are the ones that like hide way, way down. I just made up that term, which absolutely sounds say, fucking awesome. <laughs> sneaker demons. Those are the demons. Yeah, seat. that are way, way down. You know, not just because they sneak around, but they're actually so low. You like walk with them on your no, feet. Because you know why? why? They're deep down in your soul. Get it? Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Soul she shoes, hits it out of sneaker. the park, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Wow. 
We collaborated on a horrible joke together. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We should yeah. we should just end the show. People are like yes. our patrons are are just going, you know, the five bucks. I no longer give a fuck. I just, I'm going to go and buy some gum and give it to a homeless person. Uh, that's, that's what they're going to do <laughs> with our support money. So tell me about some of the kinks that, that, uh, that you've done. Yeah. So we did a very small getting to know you kind of scene where I invited him over and we basically started with a riding crop and a paddle, um, uh, some, a slapstick and just kind of, just kind of, playing around, not really even using safe words, just kind of like, yes, there, no, there kind of, so he can kind of understand my pain tolerance, where to hit, where not to hit things like that. So it was a good first start. Um, we're going to be doing another getting to know you scene, uh, on Friday. And then Saturday we're going to a private play party where we're actually going to be in a dungeon setting where we'll probably do a smaller scene on a cross. So that's, that's going to be nice and fun. And then straight to anal fisting. Fisting is so not my kink. Anal, Be- yes. Fisting, no. Because that's that's date eleven. You didn't read that. Yes, that's like no. I, I must have missed that in the handbook. In the yeah, it's handbook. like yes. you know, date one is like oh, like Enigma got hot wings on his, his first date with his uh, partner. That I'm going to talk to him later. Um, you know, and then you know, you got a couple get to know you things, and then yeah, I think yeah. it says like uh, it's it's actually listed. In, you know, anal fisting is date eleven. Ah, oh, okay. I'll have to like skip over that page. Just to, I'll do the anal, not the fisting. No, okay. no, no, no. Red, red. Well, Never fair, red. <laughs> fair enough. Fair. Well, what if it's a little bitty fist, like a little little fist, like a little a young, well, young, barely a, eighteen a year old. <laughs> it's a penis sized fist. Yeah, penis sized fist. Well, hey, remember, fifteen will get you twenty. All right. So you gotta hey, make sure I said 18. eighteen. I don't know. Get your goddamn mind out of the illegal gutter. But just yes, a very small coming 18 from the man. This is the man coming from the man who dates women half his age and then some. Yeah, um, but they're all of legal age. They're all of legal they're age, legal. so there's no issue, is there? Legal. And these are consenting adults, aren't they? Yes, yes they are. That is the most important thing. So if you don't like the law, maybe y'all should just go change the fucking law and make it, what, 25, 30 before somebody can consent to fucking sex? No, that'd be <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> All right, settle down there. Settle down there. Go your guy. Fine. 18. 18's good. Fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just got my muster. I'm just very so wound up about the post that we're going up? to do. I'm wound up about the oh. post we're going to do. Like, I really. Okay. Like, there's ones that I invested time. Like, literally, I was walking around. I'm at the library, and there's, like, the big fountain area that's not really a fountain, but it's, like, a circular thing, and I'm just pacing around it, and I'm just I'm just going over. There's so many things to it yeah. that I'm just, you know, sometimes I get really invested, and so so I'll probably fuck it all up. So why don't we just go ahead and, <laughs> and move towards that then? That sounds like a great idea. Okay, good. Let life helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Specifically, indeed. Sp- and today's post, Path Girl, strap in on this one. This okay. is this is. Inevitably, I'm going to say as a precursor, 
that even though some topics may be a little awkward or uncomfortable or maybe poke a little at home for so many of us, at the Mm -hmm. end, there's some glitter. And at the end, a better self is at that. And I want to say that up front because this is... uh, Okay, fine. Here we go. Here we go. God damn it. Cassie, be good. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, my first concert I ever went to was... uh, what the hell is his name? <laughs> Johnny Be Good. Uh, oh, God. Wow, we're starting off great. Chuck Berry, you idiot. <laughs> Whatever, the guy that uh, wrote Johnny Be Good. It Jerry was my Lee first. Lewis? Chuck Berry, you idiot. No. No. It was. Uh, what's, oh, my God. I can't believe I. Chuck Berry, you idiot. Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks. Whatever. <laughs> the guy that wrote Johnny Be Good. Chuck Berry, you idiot. Guitar player. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know. Chuck Berry. 80 of his. I don't know why I blanked on it. But anyway, Cassie Be Good writes, this post is called Disappointed. And it's a short post, so I'm just going to read the whole thing. I'm disappointed in you. Those four words have the power to crush my fucking soul. Those four words have so much power over my psyche that scares the shit out of me. I've always been well-behaved for the most part. I was one of the easy kids, never grounded, never did anything questionable, voluntarily went to church for fun. Ha, the fucking irony. My parents never questioned where I was. Of course, I had my moments of attitude and procrastination and all the normal teenage mood mood swings, mood swings, but I avoided trouble always. That's continued into adulthood. I can count on one hand the amount of tickets I've gotten. The most illegal thing I've done is enjoyed the occasional edible. It's just my natural state to stay in line. I'm no different in the kink world. I've got a mouth for sure, but if I've been given a task or a rule, 98% of the time I'm obedient, a good girl that falls right in line. I get punishments. I don't get punishments. If I act out enough to need actual correction, there is something seriously fucking wrong. And I fall into line so easily because my biggest, all caps, biggest fear is disappointing someone. I take that disappointed that I guess it's uh, I take that disappointment and absorb it deep in my soul and destroy myself from the inside out. Disappointment means I'm a piece of shit. It means I'm not worthy of love. It means I can't do anything right. The idea of even getting close to that scares the living fuck out of me. Disappointment is my kryptonite. Don't abuse that power. Wow. So that is an amazing post. So uh, <laughs> this is not a boogie post. <laughs> yeah. This, this is a, a post you picked. And... Mm-hmm. Once again, I have so many notes, and I know you have so much to say in regards to mm-hmm. this. Um, I want to start with where I want to end up in case I fuck everything up. Because uh, okay. I, I don't have a fear of disappointment. I just uh, I think it's important. So, Path Girl, will you do an affirmation with me? Sure. Okay. okay. Just repeat after me. I fucking matter. I fucking matter. Regardless of if you approve of me. Regardless if, of if you approve of me. Regardless of whether you value me or not. Regardless of whether you value me or not. Regardless 
of if you abandon me. Regardless of whether you abandon me. I fucking matter. I fucking matter. I love that. I need to write that down. (laughs) Thank you. I really do. This, I mean, it breaks my heart because so many people are in this place. You know, my first question, why do I deserve to live in the prison of other people's approval? This, uh, I mean, there's like a little graph, you know, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of being alone. And the arrow goes to you, which is fear of self. And then that goes to your personal beliefs, not good enough, not valuable, codependent on others for 100% of your personal value. So disappointment came from somewhere. And I want to tell Cassie, be good. I want to tell myself. I want to tell you. And I want to tell everybody without minimizing how hard it is to change this point of view. I do want to say it's one of the simplest point of views to change because it all comes down to whether or not you matter. And that's the point of view. Now, getting there. That's a whole thing. Yeah. You go ahead now <laughs> and give some of yours because I got well, pages. This actually really plays well into a, a topic for when I mentioned I went to the, de- the dungeon Saturday night. I took the new guy that I was dating to our local dungeon because he's never been there before. And I planned to meet up all of our usual kinky friends, including the top I normally play with. Now, to remind the listeners, I have a weirdo blood pressure disorder called dysautonomia, where basically the long and short of it is my blood pressure and heart rate spikes and drops at dangerous levels when I'm dehydrated, stressed, or tired. Right. So my top gets there. We started a scene, and all of a sudden, he starts with two licks of the dragon's tail, and my ears start ringing like crazy, and I feel like I'm going to pass out. And I didn't even have time to call Red. I just mumbled, Doc, take me down. And right. luckily, there was a couch right nearby. He takes me down, puts me on the couch, and my friends are there. They cover me in a blanket. They notice me. I'm cold and clammy. And my ears are ringing so hard that I can't even hear them. And after about 10, 15 minutes, it finally clears up, and I start feeling better. But that's when the disappointment set in. Right. And it was even louder in my head than the damn ringing in my freaking ears because nobody said a word to me, but you disappointed your top. You didn't finish the scene. You disappointed your friends that were watching the scene. You disappointed the guy that you're dating watching you do a scene for the first time with your top. And it is just so overwhelming that I was like ready to burst into tears because it's like the disappointment was just so bad, even though nobody said a word to me. And I've got a lot of shit in my childhood that my parents did to me that basically boils down to like nothing I ever did was good enough for them. Sure. And that's still with me to this day. And so that comes to the question – what a what about those other people, your parents, these people that you were uh, performing for in your mind? What is more valuable about them to this planet than you? I, I had to, even though nobody had said a word to me, I wound up apologizing to all of my friends and the top I was da- I was there and the guy I was dating that I couldn't finish my scene, and I really had to stop myself and say, you know what, I don't need to apologize to them. That's right. I really don't. So I had no control over what my body did that scene, and it's not my fault. In, in that moment, there is nothing more valuable than me. But all the shame and disappointment that I'm feeling is like I feel like I've let everybody down even though I haven't. So and that's, it, that's, that's the feeling that sets in. So it, what, what is the fear, if you can touch on it? And once again, I'm, I'm trying to drill in to a point yeah. that you may not be your point. But at that point, what is – 
when you feel that disappointment, what is the fear? What's what's the potential loss? I, I the disappointment itself is the loss because it's just like I know my top loves playing with me and getting to finish that scene with a cane would have been like, all right, cool. She she's pushing herself and right. watching have my friends watch this scene and go, wow, they're having doing a great job. So where you need to go in this end, which you kind of did, which I applaud that you did at some point, you had to pull yourself back and realize that being an imperfect human is part of being human. So there is no more value about them than you. And this is just what happens. Even if it was a mistake, see, this is where it gets into that, like following other people's script stuff. Like if I don't follow their script, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not going to approve of me. And I understand that because this, I mean, I'm asking all this and I'm so kind of trying to be, I'm not an academic, but I'm trying to be academic about this because wow, man, disappointing other people, is not a problem for me. I've done that my whole life. I've done a lot of it. I've disappointed (laughs) so many people. There is a point in my childhood where I was told that I was such a disappointment. I literally turned and said, I'll show you a disappointment. And it became a badge of honor. And but I mean, and of course, that's the extreme and that's a negative as well. And what Cassie was writing about is a negative as well, because you're a prisoner of other people's approval. You become codependent because of it. You it it, it is just literally a prison. So on both ends, you know, there's a, a negativity. So how do we get to that point? in the middle where there's a self value. Now, of course I can understand it intellectually when you're talking about someone you really look up to, you know, like someone that you work with or a professor or a hero or whatever. And then you have a chance to work with them or be with them, or you look up to your parents or whatever the hell. And then there's that disappointment where you're like, Oh, Oh, I wanted their approval. I really was working for that approval. But when it gets to like strangers, you know, or people you don't know very well and you're crippled by that, you know, at that point, man, you are just literally in for a life of suffering. Now, if you're somebody that's, you know, you don't challenge the system a lot, you can kind of make it through life and I'm just going to follow the rules and not really, you know, it's not going to damage you too much. But even then, inevitably, like in, in this post, there's moments where you're living in complete fear of other people's approval. And that's, that's, a, that's a miserable existence, you know? Not and once again, that's not a shame. I mean, but, but people are like that. There's yeah. a lot of people that Cassie is not some unique fucking person where it's like, Oh, wow. Oh, you're really no, afraid of, of that. No, that is so normal. And, and it just keeps coming back to that. Well, how do we deal with that? Well, and that's, you have to realize your power. You have to realize your value. And it's not even about loving yourself or jerking yourself off in some big, you know, orgasmic hug. It's just seeing that you are a human being just like somebody else is a human being. And even the most brilliant people, like I was trying to think about who would I be 
hurt if I disappointed them. Like I'm like, okay, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, you know, or you know anyone in Led Zeppelin, you know, you know, because those are like some of my music idols. Or uh, Jane Goodall, the conservationist, Gorillas in the Mist woman. I totally I, I idolize her because she's so awesome. Or Steve Irwin, who's dead, so I don't really have to worry about him. But uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like all of these people that have these amazing skills, there's still a part of me that understands, I'll guarantee you, if I got into their shit, I would find some flaws. Right. That I would find some humanness, that I would find things about them that are not superhero status because they are human. And maybe they don't have a lot of flaws and surely maybe they don't have as many flaws and dysfunctions as me. They're always just a human. And I think as we can put the people that we kind of idolize, if we can just bring them down a little bit and understand that we're all fallible humans, then I think that gives us maybe the ability to put ourselves on the same playing field as those people we look up to. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, because if you think about it, you know, a musician, they don't, you're, you're hearing the finished product in the radio. You're not hearing how many times they went in the studio and the thousand times they recorded that guitar riff. And yes, you know, good right. point. I mean, it, it boils down to that even outside of the lifestyle, people need to understand that you could be the perfect girlfriend or the perfect partner and you could still disappoint somebody unintentionally and you have to be okay with that. You're not perfect. Well, I think on top of that, it's why, like, if somebody is so shallow that they're going to abandon you if you make one mistake or don't follow their script, is that really someone of value? Exactly. Like, if this oh, yes. person can accept a few of my foibles, and once again, I'm not, I'm not setting out to, like, hurt someone or, you know, bum them out or not fulfill their expectations, which Mm -hmm. if you're dating a guy named Count Boogie, you should pretty much lower those right away. (laughs) But but even so, I want to be with somebody that I accept their faults and foibles, and they have to accept mine, too. And because those faults and foibles are all learning experiences, they're bonds for us to get closer it's kind of like an unrealistic relationship if it's so one-sided that all of your life is based on walking on eggshells because you don't want to disappoint this person because they're going to devalue you or abandon you. That's like not even that's not even a real relationship. No. No, it's not. And it really comes down to that what are you afraid of and i know mew goes through this because she doesn't want to be alone and i know so many people they don't want to die alone they don't want to be alone they can't stand being alone so they're constantly afraid oh yeah that's you too by the way um oh yeah i was about to say you just pushed on my button thank you yeah so (laughs) so it's just that constant fear of disappointing someone because you're just afraid that someone's going to abandon you which means that the change of point of view is about how you view yourself. Yeah. That you value yourself. And it goes back to that shit that we said in the beginning. I matter. If I'm alone for the rest of my life, well, what's so goddamn wrong with being with me? What is so bad about me that I need someone around me to constantly remind me that they're more important than me and I don't matter and to like avoid facing myself? That's true. Wouldn't it be easier to just face yourself and say, I'm okay? 
I'm actually not that fucking bad. I may not be that pretty. I may not be that talented. I may not be this or that. But in general, I'm really not that bad. So I don't need these other people to approve of me in order for me to just say I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a struggle I've had. I mean, you and I have talked off air about me fear of dying alone. And it's just like it boils down to like why, why are you looking for this approval in other people? Why can't I find it just in myself? And that's something I've struggled with and I still struggle with. Once you find that approval – you'd probably attract a higher quality of mate just in general, because people that are more self-aware and people that are more self-confident and have some sort of uh, love for themselves, or at least a strong like for themselves, Mm -hmm. that's an attractive quality. Maybe you're going to be in less shitty relationships where you have to be afraid because someone's going to abandon you every time you make a mistake. Maybe if you you valued yourself more, you would actually not have to be as afraid of that because you would attract (laughs) a person that's not going to abandon you. Yeah. Or maybe I wouldn't have stayed with my last partner who wound up being an alcoholic. And I realized that on our first date back together and I still stayed with him for five months. Yeah, Yeah. that was five months too long because I didn't want to be alone. I could fix him. I could make it better. No, you just have this big fear of being alone, therefore, and disappointing yourself in a way. This is, I mean, like I said, this is tragic, but in a sense, it's also, it's actually awesome. Yeah. Because this is not an impossible thing to fix. It's hard. It's very difficult because that means you're going to have to look at yourself. And it means that all of that programming and all of that stuff you've told yourself and your parents and past relationships and all that negative stuff, you actually have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, hey, that's a lie. Right. That's actually not true. Maybe it's time you stop believing that. Maybe it's time I stop believing that. that One of the things I've done to help focus on this is, is just kind of focus on what I can control and what I can't control. I can control how I take care of my body so I can prepare to do a scene. But if I'm going to supposedly disappoint someone in my life, especially like in a power exchange, I need to evaluate why they're disappointed. Could I have controlled something in the outcome so they wouldn't be disappointed? And again, like going back to, is it beyond my control where my partner needs to realize, hey, you know what? I can't do anything. So this isn't on me. And then why, why are they disappointed? Because it's something beyond like my control. I mean, why are they holding me accountable for something that I can't control? Right. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to be with somebody who thinks like that. And, but if it is something that I did, whether accidentally on purpose, what can I do in the future to prevent it? I'm going to learn from it. And then is it even preventable? You know? Yeah. Ultimately, this is uh, such a great topic. Cassie, Cassie, I just, God damn it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for writing this post. If you're, li- I'm sure everyone has to listen. We say we're going to talk about your post on Perverted Podcast, yes. the greatest kinky podcast in the known fucking universe. Yes. Of course she's going to be listening. Well, and if she is listening. Oh, what? The listeners the- need to go and read out her post on FetLife. It'll be on a sticky on the, Fet- on the uh, Perverted Podcast. Case. That is correct. I will put it up. I've been pretty good the last few weeks, even without yes. Kathy, who usually does this. I'm, you know, it's a little, still a little clunky. Everything's a little clunky, but we're starting to get it. You know, everyone's on a calendar. Uh, you know, we all know who's going to do what, where. It's getting there. But uh, 
But absolutely, this will be on a sticky. Cassie, thank you so much for giving us permission to talk about your post. Let's end with a few more affirmations. How about that, Path Girl? Sure. And you and Perverted Podlast Podlast can podcast land. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Today has been a foible day for my tongue. (laughs) It's been a long time since I've sucked a clit, Path Girl. It really has. And I hope I said that loud enough for everyone in the library to hear. You know, I'm going to face them when I say this. I can see them all. I don't know if anyone's. It's been a long time since I licked a clit. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. God damn it. But let's start with a positive affirmation. Are you ready? Everyone out there, repeat repeat with me. I am okay just as I am. I am okay just as I am. I am allowed to be imperfect. I am allowed to be imperfect. If others reject me for not being perfect, then that is their loss. If others reject me for not being perfect, then that is their loss. We need to help Count Boogie find a pussy to lick. <laughs> we we really need to find Count Boogie a pussy to lick. <laughs> Please, Perverted Podcast Land, help me find Boogie a pussy to lick. We need a volunteer at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Pinky World News is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up. Let's glory hold the planet right now with Enigma. gentlemen black from six flags magic mountain causing sadistic horror in the lives of so many in this halloween season his makeup is off his mask is off and he is ready to come to you ladies and gentlemen enigma it is i enigma back from my sadistic tour of santa clarita (laughs) dude you sent me a picture of your costume it was fucking crazy it was all Mm -hmm. black light glowing and then i saw the beak that you said you know that i was i couldn't imagine i kind of imagined it and it was kind of like how it was and how they worked your mask under that to uh make it all you know pandemic friendly i thought it was pretty goddamn creative but you are back did you have fun terrorizing people for a month i i did i had a lot of fun um if people go back to uh, we actually talked about you know the psychology of haunted houses last year but it was it was definitely a really really fun time i you know it's i i really relate working there as like a really fun customer service job because when people are dicks i can literally roar at them and run away <laughs> um, that is a great customer service job right i can act like it's not like a dick's last resort sort of thing where that's part of the job it's like i i can literally just like walk away and ignore people nice um yeah but like also like being able to scare people and and scaring people and entertaining them like the 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 cute girls who like would jump scream and then giggle right. um obviously my favorite people because those are the people i tend to hit at, at the dungeon but yeah no it was it was definitely a really fun time i i'm glad for the break i'm glad that it's over my my body is glad that i am not doing 12 hours on my feet um for a while but uh yeah no it's it's a lot of fun i highly recommend anybody who um likes likes horror likes halloween uh, i highly recommend Working on a haunted house, you don't know how many babies you will help get made. Yeah, 
Because <laughs> they get all turned on. Got to go home Yo. and get some fucky fuck time going on. Mm-hmm. There, there were two types of couples. There was the couple where one would scream and the other would cuddle and hold them close. And I'm like, they're fucking tonight. And then there was the other type where like the, the partner is either running away or pushing the scared person towards me. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not getting laid tonight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're like pulling the guy aside. You're like, hey, bro, let me let you know. I'm not real and I'm not really going to kill you, but you're really going to strike out if you throw her into me. Just letting you know. Yeah, yeah. Right now, dude, you're, you're just cock blocking yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. So you told me that you also, besides being the emotional sadist, scare person last month that you Mm -hmm. might be venturing into some shenanigans with a new partner i am um there's somebody that i i met through a dungeon here in la and i uh we've been kind of chatting and eventually we started like planning we 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 met for uh drinks uh we went to a buffalo wild wings because i was dumb and was just wanting wings um it was. I would say it's not a great first date, but like you know, we were able to talk and chat and connect, and that went really well. And so then we had a date two, and that date two very quickly turned into nakedness and rubbing and fingering. And so th- this partner is particularly interesting right now because they uh, they got a lower lip piercing recently, and so they're not able to do oral stuff right like, on you at all. B- b- right on me. Um, I can do all sorts of oral things on them, but they're they're very much an orally fixated person um, in in romantic ways too. So like, it's really fun to to tease them and edge them and like kind of like oh. trace their lips with my finger, but they can't do anything about it. Nice. Um, but I, I I have to say one of the things that's come out of this and it kind of <laughs> blew my mind a little bit was the way that they approached hand jobs. Because we've because that's that's kind of their only way to like uh, one of the only ways to, for them to like reciprocate that sort of pleasure and the j- just like the way that they focus on it and they like they relish the experience of like the way that my body is reacting and like figuring out where the bu- where the, the buttons are on on my dick and all of that like it's just like I've had hand jobs before and they've they've been okay but this is like kind of in that sort of like cock worshipy sort of yeah, way. Yeah, I was just going to say was... just going to say like uh, hand job cock worship. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's definitely making me like if they're this enthused about a hand job, like when I'm actually able to use their mouth like that, like I'm 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 looking forward to that. But at the same time, like how how invested and how enthusiastic they are about this part is actually like kind of eye-opening in, this, in a way. Sure. Well, any type of worship, I mean, there's ass worship and, you know, biting and primal and then that kind of getting entranced. And and I mean, you know, I understand that, obviously, from being a top and then, of course, being a daddy and then, of course, being somebody who's also uh, orally fixated myself Um when you have a partner and everything's clean and everything, you're just ready to go. And, and you can literally just control them by your touch and you can feel that they feel your intention and, and, uh, you know, it goes both ways. I mean, it really, 
I mean, they call it worship, but it's just really just that super chemistry connection. And when you can tap into somebody with your touch on them, you know, at least for me, it's very powerful. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm taking your power and controlling you by that, which is why I like giving a lot more than receiving. But, uh, but yeah, dude, that's fucking sexy as hell. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and, and yeah, like, and we've talked about it before. I like, I, I definitely have body issues be, and like, you know, things don't often things don't work the way I want them to. So having somebody who is so enthusiastic and so into me and what I have and like just trying to figure out how I work. Like it's, I I was talking to my therapist earlier today. Like it's, it, it's very much this person and this is like their, their general demeanor. It's just like their communication and their enthusiasm to get to know me and not try to like pull and twist in me in a way that they want. Like it's, it's very refreshing compared to past relationships of, you know, my recent past. Well, God damn it, Enigma. Congratulations. That is a, that is actually an amazing thing to have somebody. I know it sounds it's sad in a way because so many people are so about their egos when they go into a partner, especially sexually. It's just it's it is refreshing when you're somebody's like, oh, they're into what's. I'm into like what they're into figuring out me, not just stroking their ego. Like, Oh, I give the best blow job, which inevitably means they're going to suck at it. Um, but, uh, that's real. That's awesome. Congratulations. I'm glad you, you found someone like that. Thank you very much. Well, God damn it. God (laughs) damn it. Enigma coming right out with some good well overdue potato mayhem for yourself yes this is true well good which makes me happy (laughs) because the two topics though i love these two topics that we're going to touch on um they are both kind of lean into the serious uh side of things so i'm glad we could start with you know, terror, emotional sadism at Halloween haunts, and then you actually having somebody that uh, is interested in your needs sexually. Let's mm-hmm. now move into TV man rape. Yeah, let's let's do that. All right. So our first article comes from OprahDaily.com, and it is entitled "Bridgerton's Controversial Sex Scene Needs a Trigger Warning." Uh, For those who don't know, Bridgerton is a UK-based Netflix drama set in a Victorian-esque age England, uh, very much in the realm of a uh, British soap opera. Um, It is known for being a very racy show, but a particular scene stood out for the first uh, during the first season. Um, Just so anybody is knowing, if if you're interested in watching the show, we are going to be talking a little bit about the spoilers of the show, but not not too much of them. Uh, So the character Simon has made it known um, that he just he just doesn't want children, but his wife, Daphne, has basically been raised to want to pop out all the kids. Uh, but up to this point, he has kept this information from her, making her think that he can't have kids, not that he won't have kids. Um, so this particular episode, it comes out that he just doesn't want the kids, but he's perfectly capable of having them. So in an act of desperation, during a particularly drunken sexual romp, She gets on top and refuses to let him pull out like he had before. Simon was a willing participant until he was not. The book that uh, the show is based off of is even worse with this scene, uh, where Simon was full-on asleep during the act. Uh, 
The act is barely addressed in the show, and the characters quickly move on as if nothing had ever happened. Uh, we are left with the question of whether or not the heroine of the show just raped the leading man. Yeah, yeah. Now then, to be honest, I, for <laughs> pure investigation purposes, I did spend about a good 16 and a half hours trying to find said clip just so I could, or any clip from that show that uh, depicted some sort of sexual activity. And uh, my efforts were nil. Uh, so I didn't see the scene, but in reading the synopsis, obviously, goddammit, Enigma, if the world didn't suck at communication, we really wouldn't need this show. Both parties in this fictional scenario failed to communicate about their sexuality, about the parameters of their relationship, about whether or not they want children, whether or not they believe together they're going to try for children, and how that should be done. I think that's the real issue that we could get to that actually is something we have some power over. Right. And uh, like, so like I was talking about earlier where we were talking about this on Discord, um, the, the way that they portrayed this is interesting. And it, it does go back to that communication where there's like the stereotypes of these things. Like in most instances, uh, rape and media, the uterus owner is, is forced to carry out an unwanted uh, pregnancy. But in this case, she's getting what she's wanted. So like, of course, with this audience, the way it is, like generally this audience is going to be a very female heavy audience. And they're they're looking for that kind of powerful female. So of course this woman like took charge and, and got what she wanted. And so like there's there's that perspective of it that is that is different, but it's also just as toxic. Right. And I think and the and the people who 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 see this show and see this scene, they're like, oh, this is what I this is how I should get control and this is how I should do this thing. Like that's that's gonna cause just as much problems as watching a sh- uh, like one of these like uh, college sex shows or sex movies where it's like, oh, when I go to college, that's where I have to like fuck as many people as I can, and it doesn't matter about feelings, right? Like it- it's it's just as unhealthy. Well, here's what's exciting about this, and this is why I don't think they should cut scenes like this because they are part of a story, and these are things that happen in relationships. And look at all these conversations that are happening because of it. So in a perverted yet positive way, this is why I don't want everything edited out of every goddamn show. Because when we're offended and when we're challenged by situations and we have to go, well, wait a minute, is that right or wrong? In a fictional scenario, I would much rather us be telling jokes on a goddamn stage or having fictional characters fucking sort of, you know, rape each other than have to deal with it in my family. So we can have these discussions in these fictional scenarios and then hopefully apply better communication in our real relationships. Yeah, no, I, I, and it's, it's that. Uh, push for healthy communication it's, it's something we've talked about on the show before the idea of these these tough topics these yes it's a flip of the script but that doesn't mean it's okay and that's the conversation that we need to have and that's a conversation that is important to have where 
like the whole Me Too movement that happened a few years ago, like a big like pushback of that were like the men who tried to come forward during that time to be like, hey, we've there are there are those of us who've been dealing with this too, and a lot of them got pushback. Yeah, and a lot of them actually got thrown under the bus because it's like, no, 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 this is about the women. I'm like, yes, but that doesn't mean that your problems aren't aren't shared by the men or the non-binary people who are who you're working alongside. I completely agree. Great. Um, <laughs> and and actually, what's good about this is this actually um, rolls into our next article um, uh, that also goes into that communication and how people are raised. And it, it, it kind of what, what's interesting is it goes into that like kind of older generation mindset that uh, Bridgerton is kind of rolling with. Um, so this article comes from BBC.com. Um, and if anybody is interested, all of these articles are listed on our uh, FetLife page, and they're also linked on our Discord page. So this article is called, Indians Don't Talk About Sex, So I Help Them. Many Indian schools provide no sex ed, leaving that up to the parents. But parents don't really know where to start or what to say. Sex coach uh, Pallavi Barnwal grew up watching her parents' uh, own relationship. Through questions about their relationships and watching, she saw that their relationship had grown pretty cold. When she was older, she found out her mother had had an affair and through their small community had developed a reputation uh, because of it. And because of the rumors and her parents' inability to really talk about their needs, their relationship eventually collapsed completely. On her wedding day, she was told by her mother that she needed to tell her husband that she was a virgin so their wedding night would be pure. And in their, in their relationship, that lack of good communication destroyed the marriage the same as her parents. Uh, after the marriage ended, the stigma of being an unwed mother kind of lifted the importance of being pure. And Pallavi was actually able to start to experiment uh, with herself. She started experimenting with sexual experiences and a new career path, a sex coach in India. She has become an advocate for sex open conversations in India, being a place for Indians to get advice about sex relation and relationships that they had no resource before. The article ends with some great tips for parents who may have kids who are becoming a bit more curious about sex and their own needs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, you know, it's just this treadmill that you just want to scream, and I'm so glad. I am so glad for Dr. Lindsay Doe. I am so glad for this woman in India. I am so glad for the revolution that is still fighting, fighting, fighting to be heard, to show its importance, to show how devastating the results that we all know. All of our yeah. parents know how fucking miserable they are. They mm-hmm. all are well aware that they're in shitty sex negative relationships. And they, I, there is one thing, Enigma, that stays intact. There is one hang up that you pass to your children that stays perfectly intact. And that is your sex hang ups. When your parents hand you their sex hang-ups, it is intact. And when you hand that same hang-up to your kids, it's going to stay intact. 
We have statistics. I don't need to have children to know this. There are statistics mm-hmm. that are endless. And and we we were talking about TV stereotypes. Like you, you, you we, there's so many examples on sitcoms where it's like the, you'll see the the mom and the dad have some sort of argument about some, their relationship, and then those kids will take that that education that they just got, and they will take that to school, or they'll take that with their friends, and actually put that into into practice. And you see, you see how the our our children like reflect the the way the way that they're taught, and they're taught through what they see. And it is it is perfectly understandable. That as a parent, you are afraid to have that conversation. I I understand. I've had awkward uh, conversations in my life. So I understand the feeling of awkwardness. But you have a kid. My parents gave me almost no education. And there were things that happened to me that were negative sexually. That I could not talk to anyone about. And I suffered greatly as a young boy because of it. Things that might not even have been that bad had I known. Had I known that my body was okay. That my sexual parts were okay. That the things that I felt were normal. Right. There are so... Oh my God. There's so... It is so easy. And of course, yes, these are age-appropriate conversations that you have with your children. Your children don't need to understand as much about the menstrual cycle, STIs, and pregnancy at age four. (laughs) Right. But what they do need to understand is the second that child discovers its body and discovers that touching its penis or vagina gives them tingles in a certain way, that is when you need to explain things to them. That is when they need to have an understanding. And it can be age-appropriate. It can be, this is your special place. And it's your special place. And you can touch it, and that's wonderful. But you do it in your room. You, you know, There's scenarios. And at that point, you do not let people touch that unless it's the doctor or mommy and daddy are, are there. There's an injury. You know, something. There are, there are ways to have these conversations. But... You need to start having those conversations with kids the second they start having questions. Right. Because those questions are not going to go away because you tell them, we don't talk about that. That's bad. Don't do that. Right. How many fucking unwanted pregnancies, how many teen pregnancies, how much abuse, how much rape, how much shit has to happen before parents go, some of this could be avoided. (laughs) Yeah. If I just... If my child was armed with information and once they do hit puberty, once they do start coming into that, how important is it that they know that they have that information? Right. To not know, that's like a, how, who would be surprised that shit's going to go bad? Well, for for me, when I was growing up, like I, um, and I, I know I've talked about this on the show, like the, my, my parents' response when I started t- talking about sex and puberty and body changes and all that was to give me a couple of books that went over a very one was very scientific breakdown this is what's happening to your body young man and the other one was uh like 
testimonials of men who've gone through puberty, which wasn't as helpful as I think my parents hoped it would right, be. Right. Like, like, and what, and really what that taught me was like, like my parents were never like, I could ask them questions, but like when there was my res- their response to me asking a question was here, go look it up yourself. Like that made it really hard um, growing up to have those kind of conversations with them. And so like me discovering my sexuality that happened on the internet that happened with right. me, like, watching porn reading stories like getting into yahoo chat rooms way too young um like those things like that's that's how i learned about sex because i was taught at an early age that i had to figure it out on my own (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) i know it's your kid it's your fucking kid handle your shit it's not my kid I don't have kids. You're like, you don't have kids. You don't have, you don't, you can't say anything. You're right. You're fucking right. So it's your job. So learn how to deal with your insecurities. Go to therapy, get group counseling, build a team together and learn how to talk to your kids because you can help them avert so much misery, insecurity, body shame, guilt, Sexual abuse, how to deal with sexual abuse, STIs, pregnancy, God fucking damn, the list goes on and on. Your sexuality is a 100% part of nature. We would not be here as a species if it weren't. These are such stupid, archaic arguments to have. I'm so fucking sick of it. And you know what else I'm sick of? I'm sick of spending fucking years of my life with my lovers undoing the damage that occurred because they had no valid sex education when they were kids. And so the things that they discovered in porn and they discovered from bad information from their fucking peers and people that wanted to harm them because they had no information on what was right and wrong. Now I got to clean up. So let's help us all. I don't know. Fucking ranty today. (laughs) (laughs) well like i mean i was talking about like past relationships like i i was dating a girl and like the way that she was taught about sex was like she had a very abusive stepfather and like but also a mother who like wouldn't accept when she was like when when my partner like came to her mom and was like hey your partner is abusing me and the mom was like of course they aren't like if if you're not having those conversations if you're not open to those conversations because like how how could she be how how could this person be doing that well they're doing it because you, your part your, your daughter is telling you that and that's where that conversation should start not no of course that he's not doing that because he would never do that it's it's, it's how the generations have been raised like uh, over in india like i'm sure that it's very conservative it's very like this is how a marriage is supposed to go and if it doesn't go that way, that means you did something wrong. And that's the same way over here. Like that, this, this partner, like going back to actually our previous topic, like this, this partner was very insistent on getting a baby in them. And like, that was, that was a big part of who they were. Like get, having children was a big part of who they were because that's how they were raised. People generally, like my experience growing up in the South was there's a lot of push to have children. Like that's that's the whole goal of relationship is to pop out kids. 
And if that is your entire sex ed, like you and you don't know any better, and, and that's and 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 Texas is very, especially if you're not paying attention, Texas oh, communities in general are very good about like narrowing your focus to this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm grumpy. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just grumpy. Like, don't no, have, the, the, yeah. I mean, you. There's so look. There are. It's <laughs> it's a big problem. It's a slippery it slope, is. Enigma. It's a very slippery <laughs> slope. But I'm gonna right. put on some spiked fucking shoes that can help me walk on ice. And I'm gonna say it starts first. If you are uncomfortable, you if you have children and you are uncomfortable, or your family member has children and you know that they're uncomfortable. That is where you first have to deal with your discomfort and make that a priority because those conversations are going to be literally the difference between a life of shame, guilt, and suffering or maybe healthy relationships, not just healthy sexuality, but healthy relationships. That's what everything we've talked about today all comes down to. If we're afraid, if we deal with these fears... And we can have better conversations with our children that I didn't have, that you didn't have, that so many billions of children don't have. If we can literally just say, I'm afraid, I'm awkward, I have to deal with this because the child deserves it, I think that's the place to start. And then we can go from there. There's information out there. There, There is. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, no, I, I very much agree. Enigma, if people want to not send hate mail (laughs) or send hate mail. Their orgasms to our voices. If they want to send orgasms to our voices, not mine today. Well, they can find us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, we're on Twitter at Perverted Pcast. We're on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. We're on TikTok at Perverted Podcast. You can also find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. Come on, moan with me. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ooh, eleventh day anal fisting for bath girl. Oh, yes. Stretch that ass, Math Girl. Oh. And, and that is show 337. Thank you so much to everyone who is a part of this show. Thank you to Path Girl. Thank you, Enigma. And thank you, of course, Cassie B for an amazing post that uh, spurned great discussions and such. Yes. You, yes. you and say it's... something now. Oh, yes, I say something now. And if you'd like to hear more of us, and if you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at Perverted Podcast, or sorry, patreon.com forward slash Perverted Podcast, where you can give us five bucks. If you give a fuck, you really want to support a show like this, because not only are you getting kick education, where else are you going to get wonderful singing like this? Come on, Bucks, kick in five bucks. That's right, goddammit. The singing alone is worth a million billion dollars. I am excited. Bath Girl, thanks so much for doing this with me. This is a lot of fun, and uh, and I just I learned a lot this week just in the stuff I talked about with Enigma and and sex education and communication. It just there's so much 
Oh my god. But yeah, I really do need to suck a clit. Just to just yes. that's what I need to do. If you could mail me a clit or, you know, just I don't know, that'd be weird. Like a, a I, clitsifier? Like a pacifier shape. Oh. oh, there's gotta there's gotta be a pacifier a, a clit shaped pacifier out there somewhere. But but aren't they all kind of shaped like a, an engorged, you know, I use steroids clitoris? Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's what it is. Their babies are trained from a. Or, okay, that's wrong. Let's let's <laughs> let's go right the hell away from that topic because I don't yeah. want to be accused of being some type of you know weirdo. <sighs> well, Path Girl, I guess we'll yeah. see everybody on show three three eight next week. That'll be awesome! Woo! Woo! Mow mow, chicka mow mow. Your balls are slightly oversized When you're typing on the internet Your poopy diapers make you cry You compensate by talking shit You're the big bad racist, misogynist rapist Lonely in your little room You're just sad cause you're only yanking off Two pictures of celebrity side boobs Cyberbully Cyberbully Your butt hurt cause girls ignore you Like you're such a fucking catch Unemployed living in your mama's basement With your pee jug and your microwave hot pockets Don't you know that the more you hate The more it just proves you were insecure about your dick We're not fooled by a temper tantrum thrown by a cum splat jerk Who hides behind the internet Cyberbully There's no conspiracy, it's a fact, you're a turd, smelly turd. Now that we're ganging up, back on you, tables turned, will you learn? Will you learn? Will you learn? Probably not. Will you learn? Probably not. Will you learn? Probably not. You rectal probing fly, barf, fungus face, psychopath, pimple ass, cannibal, no life, stupid fuck! Cyberbully! Cyberbully! Take your antisocial bitterness. And the emo hates you, ooze. And go live in the wilderness. You can cry to the trees when a bear butt rapes you. Cyberbullying! Go away, it's not our fault you can't get laid. Cyberbullying! The internet's not real life, okay? Cyberbullying! 
hyperbole, eat a monkey dick, go slap yourself and die of AIDS. Yeah.